morning, everybody. <clears throat> I want to wish us a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your mercies and your grace. We thank you for this beautiful day, day where we celebrate your birth. Thank you for coming to this world to save us from our sins. Thank you for the strategy you used to deliver us from the hands of sin and Satan. Thank you for coming as a baby and teaching us how to live, teaching us that it's possible to live free from sin in this world, oh God. We say be thou glorified in Jesus' name. As we want to dig into your word, oh God, help us not to go away with head knowledge, but help us to hear from you. Speak to us, oh God. Speak to me and everyone that will be listening today, oh God. Help us, oh God, to actually hear the word that will change our lives and make us more conformed to the express image of your son, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. So today's um, meeting will be really short. And um, I just, I was reading the Bible and I was wondering, I had a question in my mind, how is Jesus both king and priest? And I started reading. However, when I was reading, I didn't read the Bible with the mindset of discovering how Jesus is both king and priest. I was reading Luke because I wanted to know something new about Jesus from the Bible. And so um, Luke, it's very detailed and very interesting um, explanation about Jesus Christ and the, the origin of of, of Jesus, the, the old genealogy. And I'll go straight into the word of God um, by reading the Bible right now. Um, I will share my screen. So I'm currently reading Matthew chapter one, verse one to 16. <clears throat> so verse one to 16 shows the whole genealogy of um, G Jesus Christ. However, I won't read everything. I will start from verse. Okay, let me read everything. I would rush through everything. These are the ancestors of Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah. Tamar was their mother. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Aram. Aram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Hashan. Hashan was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Rehab was their mother. Boaz was the father of Obed. Ruth was his mother. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon. His mother was the widow of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. <clears throat> Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Heaz. Heaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Amos. And I would jump to 15. Elihud was the father of Eleazar. Eliezer was the father of Mathan. Mathan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, who was the husband of Mary, 
the mother of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So um, let me read Matthew 1 verse 16 again. Jacob was the father of Joseph, who was the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Do you notice how they never, the Bible never said Jacob, um, Joseph was the father of Jesus? In Matthew 1.16, the Bible did not say Joseph was the father of Jesus. The Bible says Mary was the mother of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And I want, to, I want us to pay attention to Matthew 1.16, where it says Jacob was the father of Joseph. Um, because the Bible's family and descent is traced through the male line, they included Joseph in that genealogy. The genealogy in Matthew chapter one is a genealogy of Mary, but it had to include Joseph because of patriarchy. Patriarchy is when you trace uh, descendants by the male in the family. And there's a lot of like, a lot of, a lot of like, um, hi everybody. <laughs> okay, so there's, there's a lot of, things surrounding patriarchy, like feminists are like, oh, why did they um, trace the lineage of people in the Bible um, based on the male line? They're not supposed to do so. They're supposed to not like discriminate against women. But the truth is that the Bible has to use one. Is it that the Bible use, use the male line or the female line? The Bible cannot use both to, to prevent confusion. And the Bible chose the male line to describe how people descend. And if you read Matthew chapter one, verse one to 16, you will notice that they said, um, anytime the female play a very huge role, they always mention their names. For example, in Matthew one, verse five, they said Ruth was his mother, the mother of Ovid. And also this line, although it's for Mary, they traced it by the males. And so basically, Jacob was the father of Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Um, this is to say that we've seen how Jesus is king or came from a um, lineage of kingship, like the tribe of Judah. And when the Bible says that Jesus will um, take over the throne of his father, David, this is what it means, because Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit, conceived Jesus Christ. And um, Jesus was born and he's both a king and a priest. How do we know that Jesus is a priest? Because we only saw that, okay, he, he came from Judah as a king. So how is he a priest? We, before we go there, we want to see the real lineage of Joseph, who was the foster father of Jesus. So if we read Luke chapter three, verse 23 to um, 28, Luke 3, 23 to 28, it says that Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his public ministry. Jesus was known as the son of Joseph. Joseph's father was Haley. Haley's father was Martha. So note that Joseph's father was Haley. And in Luke 1, Sorry, in Matthew 1, 16, Jacob was the father of Joseph. So that means that 
Matthew 1.16 was referring to Jacob being a part of Mary because in Luke 3, Joseph's father was, I'm sorry, in Matthew 1.16, Jacob was the father of Mary instead of Joseph. So in Luke 3, Haley was the father of Joseph. This Luke 3 contains the genealogy of Joseph, whereas Matthew 1 contains the genealogy of Mary, but they included Joseph because patriarchy, as I defined before. So um, that is the real lineage of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Haley, according to Luke 3, and Mary was the um, daughter of um, Jacob, according to Matthew 1, 16. That is how, so Mary's parents, Mary's father was from Judah, the tribe of Judah, and that is how Jesus got his um, kingship background. How did he get his priesthood? So we see that's like that one is straightforward because um, in in Luke one verse five to six, let's read it because the word of God is power. Luke one five to six. My story begins with a Jewish priest, Zachariah, who lived when Herod was king of Judea. Zechariah was a member of the Abijah division of the temple service corps. His wife, Elizabeth, was like himself, a member of the priest tribe of the Jews, a descendant of Aaron. And we know that Aaron is from Levi, who are priests. And when we now read Luke 1, 36, um, the, the angel of the Lord that was talking to Mary said, furthermore, six months ago, your aunt, Elizabeth, the barren one they called her, became pregnant in her old age. So Mary's auntie was Elizabeth, a priest from Levi. So that makes me understand that who else is Mary's parents? Mary's mother. So Mary's mother is from Levi, while Mary's father is from um, Mary's father is from Judah. So Jesus is both a king and a priest. Not from Joseph. Mary's dad is from Judah. Mary's mom is from Levi, both a king and a priest. So this looks like head knowledge, like, okay, yeah. And the goal of every Christian should not just not is not just to know the Bible just for the sake of head knowledge. No, is for is that the Bible and the words in it should transform our lives. So Jesus, so what I just want us to take away from this is that Jesus' birth was planned by God. And Jesus serves as a priest right now for us because he shed his blood for us. And yearly the priests go and sacrifice on behalf of their members, their church members. And they take a ram, they do the blood sacrifice, the, the different kind of sacrifice, the bond offerings. And this sacrifice is not perfect because when the priest dies, who is gonna continue doing your sacrifice? So the perfect sacrifice is the one that Jesus Christ came to do on our behalf. He was both the lamb that was slain and the priest that was interceding for us. So Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross is the perfect sacrifice. And he serves today as a priest for us. So when we come to him, when we come to him, he cleanses us 
from our sins with the blood of Jesus. And that is how Jesus Christ serves as a priest for us. How and when will Jesus serve as a king for us? Currently, Jesus is my king. And if you have received Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior, he's your king. However, at the end of this world, after judgment, his, his reign will begin. Jesus' reign will begin. He's going to put down all kind of government because all government will fail. We already, we've already seen that democracy is falling. Um, different kind of um, governments are falling. But the, the, the government of Jesus Christ at the end of the world will begin. And those who enjoy his judgment now, his, his kingdom and his government now, will also enjoy his government at the end of this world. And that is when he will be king. So Jesus Christ is both king and priest. We've seen it from the lineage of Mary. Jesus Christ is both king and priest. And he should be that for you and I. Amen. So that is kind of like the end of this um, Bible study. It's going to be a short one because today's Christmas Day. And if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, um, this is an opportunity to do so because he, he came to this world as a baby for one particular reason, to show us how to live in this world without sin, without being slaves to sin. He wants us to be slaves to righteousness instead. And that is why he came, he lived for 33 years and did not sin. And so, yes, he had a secret weapon. <laughs> and that is, that is because he was not born like us. He was born of a virgin birth. So Mary's egg was fertilized by God, the Holy Spirit, and not a man. And so he, does, he did not, like, like Jesus when he was on earth, did not have that old man that old man that our parents gave us when they came together to conceive us the old man is what makes us slaves to sin right now so when we give our life to jesus christ when we become born again god crucifies that old man and nails it to the cross and gives and gives birth to baby jesus inside of us the new man and that's why the Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation and all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So when, when you come to Christ in salvation, he gives you um, the new man and he, he nails the old man to the cross. And then you become like Jesus in this world. You have the power to say no to sin. But you're still in the flesh, just like Jesus was in the flesh. He still had eyes. He saw things that made him tempted. The devil tempted him. But because he had the new man in him, he could say no to sin. And that is what happens when you are born again. Yes, you see temptation. You are in the flesh. In fact, before, before the new man came in, the old man taught you how to do a lot of evil things in a lot of things that God will not be pleased with. A lot of sin. The old man has taught us how to lie, how to cheat, how to be smart about it. 
The woman has taught us all these things. But when we come to Christ, we have to begin to unlearn all those things. And we have the power now to unlearn them because we have the word of God and we have the new man living in us. So that is what being born again will do to you. So what, what is the test of being born again? What, what is the test that you are born again? The test is, do you have the power to say no to sin when you are tempted? That is the difference between, that's how to know if you are born again, the power to say no to sin when you are tempted. So if you need this kind of life, if you need this kind of power to say no to sin, to live above sin, to be able to um, live like Jesus Christ on this earth, to undo the deeds of the old man, to, to mortify the deeds, like Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 says, that begin to mortify. Now that you are, you are, you are dead, that the old man has died, and then you are risen with a new man in you, begin to mortify the, the deeds of the flesh, all the all the lies, all the cheating, all the things you are very good at doing that is not pleasing to God, begin to mortify those things. And that is what God wants us to do. And the blood of Jesus is sufficient to cleanse us of our past sins and yet the, the baby Jesus in us that will come through giving our life to Christ is sufficient to give us the power to say no to any future sin and temptation. So let's pray together. If you want to give your life to Christ, I believe that God is here and he is ready to save you. He is willing to nail that old man that causes you to sin to the cross and give birth to baby Jesus living in you. God is ready to do that today. Today where like a lot of people are remembering the birth of Jesus. So it's like a unique time. And God is ready to hear you. He's ready to listen to your voice. So if you're ready to come to Christ, I would like you to say this prayer with me. Jesus, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your birth. I thank you for coming to this world as a baby to teach us how to live a life that pleases God how to live the way we were originally made to live before the fall of man. I thank you, O God Almighty, for this opportunity to give my life to Christ. Today, I ask that you forgive me all my sins. I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I acknowledge that I've done a lot of things that are not pleasing to you, O God. I ask that you forgive me. Forgive me, oh God. Please use the blood of Jesus to wash me clean. Wash my heart, oh God. The old one that causes me to sin, I ask that you nail it to the cross and give birth to a new life in me, a new baby Jesus in me, so that I will have the power to say no to sin. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I receive you into my heart as my king and my priest. I ask that your Holy Spirit will live in me to teach me how to live for you. I believe that you died for me and I believe you rose again on the third day. Accept me, Lord, as your child. 
in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Yeah. So I just led you into giving your life to Jesus Christ. And if you just said that prayer, um, I want you to know that believe in God and God will begin to work in your life to nail the old man to the cross, the old man that causes you to sin. And God will begin to deliver the new baby Jesus in you that makes you say, have the power to say no to sin. And God will begin to make you a new creation because the Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation and all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And from today, Jesus will begin to be your priest, um, atoning for your sins. And Jesus will begin to be your priest, interceding for you every time, giving you the power to say no to sin. And at the end of the world, he will be our king. And his judgment, is, is, is government, sorry, his government is an everlasting government. His government is one that is greater than democracy or military rule or autocracy or whatever. The government of Jesus Christ at the end of the world is an everlasting one. So thank you for saying that prayer. I want to pray with you this morning and let you go and enjoy your Christmas. So, but I thank you for these ones that have joined, that have said the salvation prayer. I ask, oh God, that you will do this work because it's, it's left for you, oh God, to do. The Bible says that there's nobody that can come to you except you, oh God, are interested in them and draw them to you, oh God. As much as we have, we, have, we have surrendered our lives to you and we desire that you would give us the power to live above sin, we ask that you show us your mercy, oh God. As many that have said this prayer, oh God, that you, oh God, you do the work of salvation in the hearts of these ones in Jesus' name. I ask that you take away the old man that causes them to sin and nail it to the cross of Jesus Christ and give her to a new baby Jesus in them that will make them live above sin and say no to sin in the name of Jesus. That will help them to live the life that you have called them to live in this world. A life of success, a life of success, which means being like Jesus Christ. A life that brings glory to you, oh God. Help us to live the life that you have called us to live in this world, oh God, to the glory of your name. We are covered with the blood of Jesus as we will celebrate Christmas, as we eat, as we make merry, oh God. Help us not to sin against you, oh God. Help us to continually give you glory, oh God, as we go about our daily activities, oh God. Lord, bless us this Christmas, oh God, and usher us into the new year 2022, oh God. A new year where we will see more of your power upon our lives, more of your anointing upon our lives, more of submission to your will, oh God. Lord, help us to be submissive to your will. Help us to be slaves to righteousness, oh God, as you want us to be, oh God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you because you have done it, oh God, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So thank you so much for joining this, this um, um, meeting, Bible study. This is the first live Bible study. And I wish you a Merry Christmas and um, a Happy New Year in advance. <laughs>